Maybe one, one more and then we'll start this year. <laughs>
Shabbos, everyone. What a schus it is to be able to continue our our chabura. So first of all, uh, an incredible yashikach to our Baali Nigina, Baali Shira, and really an incredible yashikach to Reb Tzvi for for just preparing such a such a beautiful and magnificent spread. Shkach, thank you. The bus. Oh, very nice, very nice. Well done, well done. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Make sure you get correct attribution on the website for that. <laughs> so we're continuing in our Chabura in the Sefer Hakitsu Veraninu, which is a Sefer written by the Chalban, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chaim Cohen, who was one of the great Mikubalim of Eretz Yisrael, passed away not so long ago. So for those who are joining the Chabura this week, just a, a little bit of a, a quick recap. So the Chalban introduced to us this idea, this incredible Yisod, that a Jew, a Yid, has two parts to him. There's the Chitzonius and there's the Panemius, the external part of me, the internal part of me. And the Chaban we saw advanced a really incredible and, and definition. And first of all, Chara, please, whoever if you, in the back over here, if you didn't get something to eat or something to drink, please make sure that uh, Zevi, you'll make sure everybody who wants, who wants has. All right, so, so, the Chaban, so the Chaban explained that, that a Yid has Panemius and Chitzonius. Right? He has a part of him, he has an internal part and an external part. And the Chaban explains so beautifully, he, he def- now, that idea that a Jew has chitzonius and paninius, that's not a chiddish. That's not a chiddish. What's the chiddish is how the Chaban defines it. And he says, the chitzonius, the external part of me, that's my personal identity. That's who I am as an individual. My paninius, that's my identity as part of the cloud. That's my identity as part of the collective. And the Chaban explains so beautifully that the Iker of the Jew, right? The Iker of the Yid, this is Panimius. You see, I both say, up until we started learning this Sefer, if somebody would have stopped us on the street and would have said, Sanu, what's the job of a Jew? What's the job of a Jew? Before we started learning this Sefer, what would we, what would we have answered? What's the job of a Jew? To work on yourself. And I both say, that is a true answer, to work on myself. But the truth is, it's only the first part of the equation. The job of the Jew is to work on himself, but the ultimate job of the Jew is to become part of the collective. To become part, ultimately, again, although I will say there should be extra sheets on, on the table if anyone needs. I mean, the Iker the job of a Jew is to work on becoming part of the collective. My true identity is not as an individual. My true identity is part of the cloud. So the Chaban then went on to explain, and he says, this, this dichotomy between Panemius and Chitzonius, individual identity, collective identity, is also part and parcel of the concept of Golos and Geula. He says, the difference says, he explained, he gave the Moshe, remember again, like a body. Chalad Yisrael is a body, right? We're, we're a body. And the body is made up of multiple parts, right? Each limb, and each limb has its own identity. But the truth is, the arm is only a meaningful limb when? When? When it's connected to the body. 
In other words, at the end of the day, if you have a detached arm, an amputated arm, that's worth nothing. Yet, interestingly enough, the arm, when it's attached to its body, has its own unique identity. And the arm is not the same as the leg, and the leg is not the same as the neck, and the eyes are not the same as the ears. So the individual parts are important, but they really only have their importance when they're part of the functional whole. So that's, that's the way it works with Am Yisrael also. Am Yisrael, we spoke about this a lot in our last year. We're not supposed to be the same. We're not supposed to be the same. Just like the body, right? If the legs want to be like the arms, the body's in trouble. If the eyes want to be like the ears, the body's in trouble. The body has to have different parts. Kalal Yisrael has to have different parts. But the parts are only meaningful when they identify as a chilek, as a piece of the whole. So the Chaban explained that he realized the real tragedy of Golos. He says he compares Golos, if you remember again, to death. What happens in death? The body simply stops functioning. What happens in Golos? See, something fascinating happens in Golos. Golos is like an amputation. The limbs become detached from the whole. And the limbs could still function to a certain degree, but they're not at full capacity because they're not part of the body. So therefore, says the Chalban, in Golos, in Golos, essentially, all we have is chitzonius. We don't have panemius, right? All we have in Golos is the external identity. In Golos, what do we have? I work on myself. That's, that's the job of a Jew in Golos. Work on yourself. Work on yourself. Why is achtos, why is Jewish unity so difficult? Because at the end of the day, this is Golos. Because the body is not intact. So in Golos, the avoda of the Jews become the best version of yourself. Work on yourself. What's Geula? Geula is when all the parts of the body come back together. That's Geula. Geula is the panemius. Geula is when I recognize that my core identity is not really me. My core identity is me as part of the whole. So that's, that's the quick recap from six shiurim, five shiurim. So with that, we're going to continue along this same theme on page Mem Dalid. So the Chaban writes over here, the title of this section, which is going to take us past this week, Emir Tashem, is Tzimtzum HaTorah Bagalos. Sirabosai, what the Chaban posits and what he really advances is all Ruchnius is different in Galos. It's just, it's just different in Galos. It's not, it's not the same Ruchnius as when there's Geula. It's fundamentally different because when the parts of the body are not combined to form a whole, by definition, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is different and even Torah, even Torah is not of the same intensity. Look what he writes. Kamor, HaGolosi, Hisporus Shal Amashem Lerasisim. They both say, what's Golos? Golos is the fracturing of the nation of Hashem into pieces. Fracturing of the nation of the collective of the whole into individual pieces. I will say, I want to point out that this is so incredibly important. I will say, I'll, just, I'll just mention this kind of Darach Agov. You know, we live in a different time of Galos, right? In a very different time of Galos. And if you think about it, we really live in a golden age of Galos, right? If you think about the amount of wealth in the Jewish community, the amount of influence in the Jewish community, it's, it's, I don't want to use the word unprecedented because that word is way overused in general. Right? Everything's unprecedented these days. But Lamaisa, we live in a golden age of Galus. So sometimes like when we speak about the difficulty of Galus, let's be honest, right? when you hear somebody speak about the difficulty of Galus, what goes through your mind? Poppycock. Right? <laughs> what was that? 
Right, right, right. Or the translation of that doesn't. I don't know. It's not, let's see. It's pretty good. Also, abundance is right. a. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I'm saying, like, let's say, look, when we think about it, one of the reasons we have difficulty yearning for Mashiach is because life is good. Life is good, right? So the Jew in Europe during the pogroms, or the Jew, or the right, or the Jew in you know the, the Jew in, in during the Crusades, like people had stuff to daven for. So today I have stuff to daven for. Also, I've daven for Parnassah for Shiduchim. But but the existential angst of the Jew is so different today. So different today. And I will say, but what the Chaban sensitizes us to is that's because the real acre of Gullus is not the pain and the suffering. The real ichor of Golos is the fact that we are splintered into so many parts. Well, so, you know, I hesitate to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's Kedai. To, for me, it's like the big elephant in the room over the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm sure many of you saw, you know, the Aguda is circulating this one Kotel, this one Kotel petition, right? One Kotel petition. And the truth is, I want to just I'll tell you, like on a very personal level, so obviously the goal is 150,000 signatures that the Kotel should not be divided. Do I feel that as a Jew, as a Frum Jew, that the Kotel shouldn't be divided, that it should be treated at least like a shul with separate sections? I do. I will say, but I'll tell you something interesting. Do you ever think about the perception that creates within the other streams of Judaism? And the incredible divisiveness. Now, I'm not saying it's not the right thing. There are gedolei Torah behind it. I'm not, I'm not weighing in on it on a personal level. But how, how overwhelming is it that in the pursuit of the Kiddusha for, for, for the Kulsa, for the last remaining vestige of the Beis HaMikdash, whether we want to admit it or not, there's so much animosity that's created over it. Now, the animosity is created on both ends. But, but La Maisa, we now have like a movement to actively delegitimize other streams of Judaism. And it's, and it's a, Nechemia, what were you, you going to say? I would say they're not, in, the, I would agree 100% with you, except I don't believe the other streams are really interested in the Kodom. If they're not interested, so it's, it's like we're legitimizing boom. That's the, if they were interested, I would. I, and I and I would tell you, I think that's incorrect. I think it's Yeshish. By the way, there are plenty of from Jews that aren't interested in the Kotel either. <laughs> I, I just I just want to put that out to you. There are plenty of people who get involved in fights for agenda purposes, and in a, just like just like when the hoodlums hoodlums and I call them hoodlums attack the women of the wall. Women of the wall are wrong for antagonizing. A yid lifts up another head. You think the Rebbe Shalom looks at it and says, Ah, shkoyach, somebody's defending my honor. It, it's rishos. It's the rishos. So you have people who are in this for all the wrong reasons. But I genuinely believe there was actually an excellent article in Times of Israel the other day by, I forgot the lady's name, one of the heads of the reform movement. And like, it was talking about a desire to want to practice and the way they want to practice. And again, I'm not, I, I want to be clear. I, I'm... I'm Orthodox, right? I want to just put that out there, right? And 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 and, and, and I no no okay. right, good. I just want to put that out there. No, say, but 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 but, but you're in the right place. Yeah, you're in the right place. As long as you got the food, I can say that. No, we'll say no, no, no. I, I really, it's just again, again. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even debating the fact that in other words, should the Kotel remain an undivided area? Yes, yes. But isn't it painful to think that in the pursuit of this, 
in the pursuit of this, so much animosity occurs and so much negativity occurs on all ends. On all ends. There, I want to be clear. This is not the Aguda creating Sinashinam. This is everybody doing their part in going ahead. Now again, is there a solution to it? That's a different discussion. But but Lamaisa, the Chaban says, that's Galos. That's you want to know what Galos is? This is Galos. This is Galos. Galos is in pain, right? Galos isn't privation. Galos is when Kalal Yisrael is so profoundly fractured that the world sees us, the world sees us fighting over the holiest spot in Yiddishkeit. We're not fighting against the Arabs. We're not, we're not fighting against, right, right, the Al-Aqsa, right? We're fighting against each other. We're fighting against each other. Who's going to claim the soul of the holiest spot in Yiddishkeit? Again, I'm not saying it's not a war worth waging. I'm just saying sometimes in life you have to wage wars, but when you wage wars, you also have to be acutely aware of the collateral damage that those wars create. And but even when David Amalek and Shlomo Amalek, when you had, that was considered to be the Malucha, you still had infighting that was going on. And Navi, you look at Navi and you see it all the time. A, a hundred, there's a difference between episodic infighting versus institutionalized infighting. I think what the Chaban is describing is Golos is institutionalized infighting, which unfortunately is the truth. There, there really is. There's institutionalized animosity within Klal Yisrael. There are groups that will not work together, groups that will not collaborate together, groups that refuse to be go-race each other. That's different. Is there always episodic animosity? Of course, we're Jews. We're human beings. That's the way that it is. But Lamaisa, on an ongoing basis... So again, listen, I'm, just, I'm just giving it as an example. And again, I, it's, been weighing, it's been weighing very, very, very heavily on my heart, this whole thing, because I... I very heavily. But I think when I saw the sign of the Chaban, th- this is what Galus is. Galus is Klal Yisrael fractured into a whole bunch of pieces. But Metzias Zu, Shekol Rosis Omeid Levado, Notz Das. And he says in a situation like this, where every fragment or every segment is on its own, what happens? There's Katnus Das. Katnus Das means, I will say, when, see, there's a concept that the Chaban alluded to in our last year, which is the concept of Yisrael, Torah, Kutshabrihu, Chadhu. Am Yisrael, Kaddish Baruch Torah is all one entity. Which means that if Klal Yisrael is fractured, Kivyachal, the Shechina, is impacted, and Torah is impacted as well. So says the Chalban, says the Chalban, what ends up happening is in Golos, as a result of the fractured nation, Torah itself becomes diminished. She tefisa, he says, he says, she tefisa mitzuntzemes hamargishes chaye haroses bilvad. So, say, so before we go on, he says, before we get to Torah, he says also, part of the, part of the danger of being fractured, we'll say, you know what happens when people are fractured? What do people see? They have tunnel vision. Right? A fractured people develops tunnel vision. And all I see are my causes. All I see are my needs. All I see are the things associated with my fragment. I don't see anything that has to do with anyone else. Katnus das zu mishula lahavlo degarmi. So he's quoting over here, this is our P. Kabbalah, there's a concept of Havla de Garmi. Havla de Garmi, Hevel, literally means like a spirit. Garmi is a bone. 
What's the spirit of the bones? The Zohar brings down something amazing. The Zohar says that when a person dies, and this, listen to this idea, there's still a little bit of life force that's left inside of the body, that's left inside of the bones. And the Zohar says, that's how Tchiyas HaMesim happens. Right? How could there be resurrection? And the answer is because there's always, there's like a spark of life that's left inside of the body. So you could have something that's totally dead. It's dead. Anatomically, it's dead. But Lamaisa, there's a little spark of life. So the Chalban says that sometimes when we become, when we become fractured, we become fractured as a nation. So as a result of that, we, has, we have what's called Katnus Das, which literally means we become small-minded. Isn't this incredible? We become small-minded. A fractured people is a small-minded people because all anyone sees is their own stuff. They don't see anything else. They don't see anything else. He goes on, he says, So again, and the, the idea being that sometimes the body of Kal Yisrael becomes even a little bit lifeless with just a little bit of life force left in. So I will say here the Chalban really highlights three major pieces. Number one, number one, that Golos is the breaking of the whole into pieces. What happens when you're broken into pieces? Number one, myopic. A person has tunnel vision. All I see and all I know is what has to do with my peace. I don't see the collective. I don't see what's happening with everyone else. Next, says the Chaban, in addition to that, Torah itself becomes diminished. And the third thing that we'll discuss is that the presence of the Ribbono Shal Olam becomes diminished as well. Look at the second paragraph. Kach, nitzotzos dakim shel chios, yarduli But here's the good news. Siyah Kodesh Baruch Hu goes ahead and even in Golos sends down Nitzotzotz Dakim Shalchius small little sparks of life. Small little sparks of life. Elohim Hamochin Shehut Amulekatnus Lematzot Hisraskus Hauma Vispararusa Anu Chatanu We've sinned Ulefikach Hisrasaknu Venafalnu Lekatnus Remember Golos is a result of, of misdeeds. Galus is a result of collective sin, collective punishment. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu b'tuvah horid lanu nitfechayim dakim. but here's the chaser of Hashem. Even in Galus, where the whole is broken into pieces, and the pieces only have what's called the havle degarmi, the little bit of spirit, a little bit of life in the bones. Hakadosh Baruch Hu still showers down some bracha. What he calls nitfechayim dakim. Literally, again. Little, 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 um, what's the word? <clears throat> droplets of life. Little droplets of life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu drops into us. But listen to what he compares it to. Kitagin dakim agabe osios. Well, so listen to how beautiful this is. What is this like? You ever seen a Sefer Torah? So again, some of the letters have what's called a tag. A tag is a crown, right? It's a little piece that extends upward. So there's the primary letter, and then there's the tag. So the Chaban says so beautifully, that what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do for us? What does He do for us in Galus? In Galus, ultimately, He showers down these little droplets, right, of life, almost like the little extension above the letters. The real letter, that's a function of Geula. But the tagin, the little crowns, the little extensions, you can have that even in Galus. Here Rebbe goes on. He says, His amei sa'or v'hachiyos alakat no sheba galos. He lemaisa soda in muskala Torah. Now here we come to the next part, which is, it's not only the Jew who is impacted by Galus, and not only the Jew who is diminished in Galus, Torah 
is diminished as well. Now we'll say here he quotes the concept of tzimtzum. So in Hasidus, tzimtzum means a number of different things, right? So for example, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak in the first Vart, in, in Kedusha Slevi and Bereshis, talks about the concept of tzimtzum, and there he explains what tzimtzum means is, the Ribbon Shalom is so vast and so great. I am so limited and so small. So how can I, a being who is so finite, limited, and small, experience something that is so vast and great? And the answer is, says, so Chassidus Zohar explains, comes of Tzimtzum. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mitzam Tzim Atzmo. He, cons- what's the word? Um, constricts, right? Or consolidates, consolidates himself a little bit and makes himself almost like into a, like Lahav, like a concentrate, right? So that I can go ahead and I can experience him on some level. Is it the full experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? No, not at all. But it's a, it's a tzimtzum. It's a consolidation of the divine so that I, as a finite being, have the ability to experience Hashem. So the Chaban says over here something amazing. He says, Torah also experiences a tzimtzum, a constricting or a consolidation in Galus as well. This is actually a dramatically profound statement. The Chaban says, in Galus, the majority of Torah's light, Torah's flow of energy, and Torah's holiness is concealed. Which I will say, by the way, tells you something amazing. Because we know how incredible Torah is how overwhelmingly beautiful Torah is. And the Chaban will say, we're not even experiencing real Torah. We're experiencing a consolidated, constricted, um, I don't want to use the word watered down, not watered down, consolidated, constricted form of Torah. Real Torah in its purest form is not experienced in Galas, the Chaban posits. Real Torah is only experienced in Geula. What we have over here is a symptom of Torah. Look what he writes. He says, and we'll say, this is so beautiful. Last, last paragraph, page Mem Dalit. So remember again, I mentioned this, but for the, but for the new Hebrew this week, remember, Chavan will explain, even if you're an Eretz Yisrael contemporarily, that's still Galos also, right? Remember again, the state of Galos is not a function of in Eretz Yisrael, outside of Eretz Yisrael, Golos is the pre-Messianic era. So wherever you are, obviously, again, is there more Kiddush in Eretz Yisrael? Of course, of course. But Lamai said the dynamic of Golos is everywhere in this world until Mashiach comes. So comes along the Chaban, he says something amazing. You want to listen to how beautiful this is. Torah in its essence. Torah in its essence. Torah Barabba Musa. Torah in its highest level. Do so you want to know what Torah was like and what Torah what will be like? When Am Yisrael is in Eretz Yisrael, when the base Hamikdash is standing, it's so beautiful to, you know, just, I had this chus to be in Eretz Yisrael last week and I was staying in the, I was staying in the old city and I had this chus to stay in a, to stay in an apartment that had a, that had a mere peset, that literally I was a few feet away from the Harabais. Literally, also next to the Arab Quarter, but I, 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 literally a few feet away from the Harabayas. Absolutely. And again, you look at it. I had, uh, I, I had my children, Bakshan, I have children in there. So now we had Malava Malka, you know, literally overlooking the Harabayas. And you feel it. 
and you feel it. And right now, it's the wrong structure that's there. It's the wrong structure that's there. But even with the wrong structure there, that's staring you back in the face. Like, oh my gosh, you, you, you get a window. You get a window into what Am Yisrael is going to be like, what Eretz Yisrael is going to be like. So the Chaban says, you want to know what Torah was like in its high point? What Torah was like when the Beis Hamikdash? Look what he writes. El Yona Admo. So I say, so you know, let's say, you know, you know, how sometimes when you want to express to someone, you want to tell your your wife or you want to tell your child that you love them, right? So what phrase? What do you say? What do you say? Right. I love you. Good. Okay. Excellent. Shkayach, everyone. Wow. Wonderful. It's a very. Uh, maybe Dr. Solomon is going to give out his card afterwards a little bit. Right? So 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 again. Right? Okay, let me, let me coach you with this a little bit, right? So I'll say, so, you know, you can say I love you, but sometimes like you want to say, I love you very much. I love you very much. So like when children are little, so what they'll say is when they want to express that they love you a lot, I love you this much, right? They, they, that's a, they'll say, but you ever have a feeling like where you love someone so much, but you cannot find the words to express it. I, I, I love you so I don't know. I, don't, I can say I love you. I love you very much. I love you very, very much. I love you so very much. I could keep on adding in words, but at the end of the day, it's, there's a frustration because I want my wife to know how much I love her. I want my children to know how much I love them. I want my friend to know how... And it's frustrating because I... I can't, I can't get the words. You know, sometimes what we do is, because you can't get the words, what do we do? Say what? Say nothing, say nothing my, right? Bad move. Right, bad move. <laughs> I'm going to go on record and say bad move. Very bad move. So what I was going to say, what I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to realize this is no longer an interactive <laughs> share. Right, so, say, so what I was going to say, what, <laughs> I think he's going to see you tomorrow at nine. Right, so, so again, what, what sometimes we do is, so, so we do like something physical, Right, I'll, I'll get a gift. I'll give a hug. I'll give a kiss. You know, so so what? I, what I can't do in words, I'll try to. I'll try to do. I'll try to do in behaviors. But there are some things that just with all the words, with all you just can't convey it. I feel like that's what the Chaban is saying over here. He's describing the greatness of Torah when Mashiach comes in the base of and the only thing he could say is, "He Elyona Hine Elyona Himaod." What does El Yonahimaod mean? El Yonahimaod? It's great. It's great. It's just great. It's so high. It's the highest of high. It's the holy of holies, right? It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so halig. It's so incredible. What, 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 And it's so, it's so, it's on such an elevated level. This is incredible. The Chaban says it's so great that we can't even, comp- the Golos Jew can't comprehend this. And I both say, I think about this a lot because we all love Torah. And we all love Torah so much. And the truth is, the feeling of elation we get from a Blat Gemara, from a Kitzu from Shtayim Mikra, from whatever it is that we're learning, is incredible. But the Chaban says, that's a tzimtzum. You don't even know what the good stuff is. You don't even know what it's like. And the truth is, the Chaban says, we can't even wrap our head around it. Because the Jew in Gullus can't be masking. The Jew in Gullus can't, 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 can't really understand what true Torah, how beautiful it is. Bo nistalka hanashama v'nifrat ha-guf 
because unfortunately in Gaulus, what's happened? There's an element of my neshama that's gone, right? And ultimately the body, cloudy soul, is in pieces. So when the neshama is not in its full form and the body is in pieces, you can't even fully appreciate what Torah is. So I, I'm a little bit confused about something, about exactly what Gaulus is. Is Gaulus the physical lack of, of not being in messianic times, shall we say? Or is it something that we do to ourselves? Let, let me explain. Because we went into Gaulus, we had the base of Mikdash, not because we didn't have a physical presence. We had the physical presence, yet it was caused by our own actions. So it seems like the Golos... So does that mean that no matter what we do, we can never escape Golos on our personal level, as long as not physical? But yet it seems as though, it, even if you could, the physical presence isn't the determining factor. So which is it? So I think it's... I think Am I it's, clear? Am I yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. I, I think the answer is, and tell me, you'll tell me if I'm answering your question, I think the answer is both. The definition of Golos is the state of being without a base Hamikdash and a united Klal Yisrael. That, that is Golos. That's Golos. Have you ever experienced that? Has that ever happened to us? What, whatever happened? <clears throat> that. Being... Together. Shalom Elf built a base Hamikdash. We just had him that me. For a little while. Again, again, uh, again, no, 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 I, I want to be clear, I want to be clear, Gullus, Gullus doesn't come with, excuse me, Gula doesn't come with guarantees for continuity. In other words, Gullus, it's not the Pshat that Gula is the finish line, and once you reach it, you're good to go, and it, meaning Gula is a state of being, but like any state of being, you have to perpetuate it. And if you don't perpetuate it, you descend back into the chaos of Galos. So when you look at the way the Navi describes the building of the first base Hamikdash by Shlomo HaMalach, we just had this in Dafyomi, and you see how the Gemara describes that that year on Yom Kippur, they didn't fast because they didn't need to fast, because they didn't need the slicha u mechila of Yom Kippur, because they had the slicha and mechila of Achdos. They had it. We had it. We had it. Now, how long did it last for? It lasted until Shlomo's son, Rechavam, where now the kingdom split, right? The kingdom split. And then it was a slow downward spiral from there. So could we reach that level? Absolutely. But reaching it, of course, is only one part of the equation. Then you have to maintain it. The maintenance of it, like anything, anybody could reach the highest of the high and get to the top of the mountain. The shail is, can you stay there? And that's always been the ongoing challenge of Cloud Yisrael. I don't have a problem getting to the top of the mountain. I just have a problem not rolling down the other side. Chami, does that, does that answer your question? So you can be in Golos even if you hit the base of Megash is around? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Is the opposite true, though? That you could be in... Out of Golos if the base of Megash is not around? No, Chabad will say no. I'm saying, it seems the, 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 the Chabad. You would say the reverse. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. It's not an equal down. equation. That is correct. Right. That is correct. You can correct according to the Chabad. According to Chabad, I will say now again. I, I want to just full disclosure. Full disclosure. Like this is the Chabad's approach. Uh, again, it, this and and this and this. You're gonna see. This is his Torah. You'll find. You would definitely find many who would argue specifically on the definitions. By the way, of Galus and Geula, the definitions of Pneumius and Chitzonius. But yes, in the Chabad's model, there is no Geula without the Mikdash. There is no Geula without the Mikdash by definition, and it's always Galus without the Mikdash. But yet, even with the Mikdash, you could still be in a state of Galus. That is correct. The Mikdash won't last. That's what happened. The Mikdash won't last. Correct, 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 correct. Once, once there's that downward spiral, ultimately the Mikdash's days are, are unfortunately numbered.
Maybe the Mikdash is just the Ezekiel's like presence in this world. Meaning it's a physical manifestation of Hashem's presence in this world. God says when Hashem removes himself from the world. So if you don't have meaning, it's all... No, no, because what Nehemiah is saying is you can have a state of Gullus even if the Mikdash is here. Yeah, I mean, if I call Shabbat, we're from the world. I Meaning that's what Gullus is. Cor- correct. I Meaning I mean, we don't see how we have correct. to struggle to find so, like, Correct. Oh, so all Nehemiah is saying is, the, the, but the reverse is not true. For example, in other words, you can't have Geula without the Mikdash, but you can have Gullus even with the yeah. Mikdash. That, that, that's the point. And I think it's absolutely true. According to the Chaban. What if you had Achus, and even the whole world was now focused on understanding about Hashem? That's, that's called Mashiach. Yeah, but does that mean that, that the base of Mikdash has, has been rebuilt? Look, our, our Mesorah, what you're describing is the way the Rambam describes the Messianic era. Right, which is the world, right? The world continues as a normal world, but humanity accepts HaKadosh Baruch Hu and recognizes Klal Yisrael's right to Eretz Yisrael. You know, you look at the world around us, and the truth is, you know, again, we're having this discussion, recognizing Am Yisrael's right to Eretz Yisrael. We're, we're in the middle of battling a, a report from Amnesty International, right? So, so you see, by the way, you see, it, it, it's, so I don't know, the Chaban would say, or the Rambam would say, what you're describing doesn't happen without a base Mikdash. Can it happen? I don't know. Uh, it'd be wonderful to say that it could, but is, I don't know. Is the base Mikdash a result of that? The base Mikdash is a culmination. It's, no? it's, a concu- it's a concurrent process. It's a concurrent process. In other words, the way we're going to see, again, the Chaban's going to get into this, because we'll say right now, if you notice, what we've only been focusing on is the Chaban's explanation of what Gullus is. What we're yearning and thirsting for is what? Is what? Tell me how to get out of it. Right, so let's. So again, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna see. Let's do one more paragraph, and then we'll stop for tonight. He says. So I'll say. So go to, go to page Memhei. Torahs hashchina b'shleimos ora, einani yecholah lehikolit b'nafshos haratzutzos tachas netal hagoyim. So the Chaban says the Torah of the Ribbono Shel Olam with its complete light cannot be absorbed by the Jewish soul that is living underneath a Gentile influence. In a nation, ultimately, again, that is living in the darkness. This goes back to what Rebelli just said before, that Golos, although Chaban really hasn't said it explicitly, but Golos is really a siluk of the Shechina. It's a removal. If Geula with a base Hamikdash represents a manifestation or concentration of the Divine Presence, Golos represents the removal of that. We'll stop over here for tonight. We're going to stop over here with this piece. You can see, again, I'll say this is loaded and, and, and overwhelming. So, Mirat Hashem, in next week's shear, because we're going to, Baruch Hashem, no break for the next couple of weeks, in next week's shear, we're going to continue to delve into this a little bit, specifically to try to understand the Chabad's going to do a very beautiful piece. So, say, all he told us is, is that the Torah of Geula is fundamentally different than the Torah of Golos. Right? And the Torah of Geula, again, he tells me, Al Yonehi Ma'od. It's great. We're going to see in next week's shear, Mirat Hashem, a little bit more so wherein lies the difference between Geula Torah and Galus Torah? We don't know the difference yet. All we know is that one is greater than the other. What that difference is, Emir Hashem, we'll see next week's share. Good. And yes, Good. So we'll sing a nigan and then... I will tell you, I will tell you, you know who was, wor- you know who was working on an English translation of this? Rabbi Shimon Appesdorf. Really? Was working on English translation. I don't know if he's doing it or not, but uh, 
but you can't. Some things, some things, the notes, the notes would be very long.